Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, my guest today is Lee Baker, and Lee Baker, uh, Lee Baker is the worship director at 12 Stone Church in Atlanta. Uh, Lee, it's so great to have you back on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah. You, are you doing well? Yeah, doing great, man. You guys okay? Yeah, we're all good over in the uh, the United Kingdom. It's uh, all all is well. We're we're, we're keeping good. Uh, we're quite happy because uh, uh, COVID restrictions. Whilst COVID is still here, the restrictions are not. Uh, so that's nice. good. That 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 feeling of freedom is is pretty good. So uh, <laughs> we're yeah. happy about that. Good deal, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me today. Um, I really want to pick up with you um, about worship and and vision and well as you know thinking church is all about church strategy uh but i've also been a, a worship leader now for 20 years which is uh uh way longer than i thought man yes. <laughs> the... i feel you i'm right there with you <laughs> you know you, you just sort of start and suddenly 20 years goes by and there we are yeah, <laughs> yeah i didn't um, know that people would put up with me this long exactly you know? i've got the same feeling and um and what I realized, I mean, I, I, I probably have always kept those two areas of my life. I never thought they mixed, you know, they just thought that, you know, worship was one thing, strategy was another thing, and, you know, never the twain shall meet. Uh, but I'm actually starting to investigate more of this thought that they might be more linked than I, than I first thought, and that there's, you know, if we want to get a vision from God, we've got to allow him to speak to us. Um, and I'd really like you to help me sort of develop that further, so help me and help me think about how we can link worship and vision and putting those two yeah. things together. Yeah. Um, I love this. Actually, we, we've been having conversations about this recently and I've, I've always defined vision as like, God gives you this. Um, for some people, it's like a, they, they may see a vision, like a picture in their head of, of something that God wants to show them, you know, here I, I'm, I think we're talking a little bit more about what do we what do we feel like God wants us to grow the ministry that we oversee into? What's the ideal situation? Like if we were to say, man, I have a I have an idea or a vision of what I see ministry looking like at at our church in five years or 10 years. Well, uh, we're in an interesting season as the as the big C church, you know, not just 12 stone, not just you guys, you know, but like the big church, because. There's um, a lot of cultural change going on. There's a lot of uh, generational change going on in the church. We're going through a long-term transition of a new senior pastor coming in uh, who's 20 years younger than our founding pastor, who's always been the senior pastor for 35 years. So there's a lot of, and I feel like there's a lot of churches going through a generational change of pastors. And obviously culture's changed. My brother and I were uh, having a conversation the other day because I, I have a teenager and you know that's that's new. Uh, for us. And, uh, and so my brother and I were talking and my brother said something really, really brilliant. He said, you know, uh, my parents went to high school in the 1970s. And, um, and so uh, their, I feel like their uh, childhood or high school years weren't that different than mine. Like I was in high school in the nineties and they rode around in their cars with their friends and we rode around in our cars with our friends and we went to movies and they went to movies. But now my kids' childhood high school years are so different than mine. 
like the world's just changed and uh, they have phones. We didn't have phones. They have the internet in their hand. You know, they, there's all this stuff going on that's so different and we don't know how to, how to parent it. And so the way that relates to, to what we're talking about is I feel like there's a new vision for the church, just like there's a new way to parent. Now the issue comes in when like vision should always be the oldest thing. You talk about strategy all the time. I think you guys are awesome at that. So you have vision and that's the thing you want to achieve. It's like you see what's possible and you have the conviction to get there, you know? And so uh, you have um, the vision and then you have the strategy, which is the way you get there. It's like the, the how. Well, then you have the structure, which is like your staffing and your systems and all those sorts of things. And vision should always be the oldest because this vision needs a strategy to reach this vision. And this strategy needs a structure to employ that that uh, strategy. What I find out is we're trying to achieve new vision with old strategy and old structure. And it's really, you, if your vision is your newest thing, you're probably in trouble because you're probably trying to achieve a new vision with old strategy and old structure. And so we've been in this process even of like, okay, we have this fresh vision because we have you know, a new senior leader coming in, we're post COVID and the world's different, you know, all this sort of stuff. And we realized we were in that, that boat about six or eight months ago. And so we've spent the last season trying to get, okay, we have this new vision. Now let's get strategy down here and let's get a new strategy for a new vision. And then, okay, now let's do the new structure, new staffing, new systems for a new vision and all that sort of stuff. And that has affected us deeply. Um, and particularly in the area of, of worship ministry, we're just going, okay, God, like, what do you want us to do in this next season? I think if we, if you think that vision is potentially unrelated to worship, um, we may miss out on developing some foundational things inside the culture and the ministry of worship inside of our churches that we need to build that are going to be foundational for the seasons that God is bringing us into in the future, if that makes sense. So like, for us, we were asking God, like, how, because our vision as a ministry, as the worship ministry, is subservient to the vision of the church. What I'm really asking for when I say, God, give me a vision for how we're to worship you. Give me a vision for the ministry of the, the worship ministry of the church. What I'm asking is, how does our vision serve the greater vision of the church? How does the ministry of worship's vision serve the ministry of the church? And, uh, and he's been super faithful in that. You know, we've, uh, experienced a lot of that over the years. Um, but I think that every time the church has a new vision and the church goes through uh, a new strategy and a new structure process, so the, the worship ministry has to do that as well. You know, we can't, we can't not react like vision matters to the church, but vision doesn't matter to the worship ministry. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important that not only do we have vision in worship ministry, um, but that we realize that our vision serves the greater vision of the church. We have to be really familiar with the vision of the church. Um, and when we understand that to go in and go, okay, how do we strategize and how do we potentially restructure to achieve this thing? So I know that that may be like a lot, you know, in, in one little swoop, but um, does that spark anything that, that what you're thinking? Yeah, no, that is, that, that's completely on the lines of what I'm thinking. And uh, I think we've got this idea that I think worship is, it's there's this sort of two it's almost i'm trying to think of the, the right term to use it's there's this two-way approach where uh vision like worship kind of is almost like the engine room for vision 
And then that mm. vision then gets passed back to worship. And there's this interesting dynamic that's at play. I'm, I'm starting to see. Uh, how does that work in in, in your church? Is, is is how does um, how does worship help? You know, birth vision, but also then, it, like you said, it also sort of comes back uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think vision vision um, is if vision is um, absent of worship, in my opinion, if vision is absent of worship, um, it could just come across as an idea. And I think vision is so much more than an idea. And when vision comes to light in the presence of God, then it, it, it's more than an idea. You know, uh, it's powerful. It's, uh, it, it feels eternal. It, it feels hopeful. It feels faith-filled. It, you know, it, it's more than just like, oh, a pastor had an idea. It's like, no, God gave us this vision for what he wants to accomplish in and through his church in this world. And obviously, like the ultimate vision is like, man, we want heaven to come to earth. We want heaven to overtake things of earth, you know, and 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 in all the ways. Um, but I think step by step, God gives us those incremental visions. And for us, worship is the thing that brings that vision to life spiritually and eternally, um, because we would never like share a vision with the church or even with our staff, like as our current pastor, Kevin, who's our founding pastor at 12 Stone. Um, and Pastor Jason, who's who's coming in right now, and they're kind of in this couple year transition. Um, even as as they have shared vision with a staff, it is it has never been absent of worship and prayer. Like, you know, and and those two things, even even in like the programming of like sharing vision in a meeting or a service, it's always interwoven with, hey, you know, I was praying and God gave us this. Let's pray over that. Hey, let's worship. Let's, let's pray over that. Hey, here's another part of the idea. Let's worship. Let's pray over that. We just actually finished seven nights of prayer in, um, uh, September just earlier this month. And we were sharing all sorts of things that we feel like are so foundational for our church in this next season. And then we would worship around those ideas and worship. Sometimes, sometimes you're worshiping because you have faith. Sometimes you're worshiping because you need faith, you know, for, for visions and that sort of thing, you know, to achieve the things that God's put in front of you. And I don't think that we could do that outside of his presence. Maybe you can, but it certainly is better in his presence. You know, like when you're, when you're um, uh, just engaged and you hear this idea and then you get to spend time worshiping and the Holy Spirit's doing ministry in your heart and opening you up to maybe the depths of the idea that maybe you didn't, un maybe you understand the vision like mentally but it, your heart hasn't attached to it or your soul hasn't attached to it. And the great thing about worship is it's all of those things. You know, Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I think in worship, there's this invitation to engage all of those things, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strengths, where sometimes maybe vision just as an idea may engage our mind, um, but maybe not, maybe not our, our heart or our soul, you know, or something. And I think worship just opens us up to that um, and helps vision uh, connect to our heart, uh, more, our soul more, you know, so that we can respond, you know, more deeply, I think in that. So, yeah, no, that, that's, that's really, really great. Um, I love that thought. Um, and so, um, as a bit of a, to develop this idea, I've been thinking about maybe some of the practical side of it. And as uh, what I've decided to do is in, I started in the summer was I've been starting to blog on the book of acts and I, you oh, know, nice. it was, it was a, um, it, it was one of those ideas that comes to you when you're sat in your garden on a sunny afternoon or a sunny morning. And I thought, you know what? Everyone thinks that 
the book of Acts is, you know, if we want to look at how you, how, how do you, how does the church get back to the biblical way of doing church? Let's, well, let's have a look and see what's actually there. And, and that, so mm. I was blogging through, been blogging through it and I'm eight weeks in and I'm still only in chapter four. And uh, oh, wow. so, <laughs> I think it's going to take me a long time. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I've been reading ahead and uh, in chapter six, I was, uh, uh, I was really struck by this. I'm, I can't wait to actually get up to chapter six to be able to blog on this, which is that uh, the apostles uh, promote the, the seven uh, and Stephen is obviously one of those and their job is to wait on tables. And the, the re the, what the reason that the, the, the 12 apostles give is they want to find more time for in their, in their week for prayer and the ministry of the words. And I thought, wow, like, you know, how, you know, how much time are, are pastors, you know, church leaders spending in, in prayer or, or worship, I think would probably come into that, that category as, as well. And, and so it'd be an interesting one to ask um, for you, how, how, um, like how much time have you found um, that uh, worship is, is finding its way into your, into your working week? And, 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 and if so, what, what's been the fruit of that and, and starting from that place, because I feel like we've, you know, the church of, of, you know, the last maybe 20 years, we've been really businessy, which, you know, some of the stuff is really good. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But we've, that means that you don't feel like those kind of aspects have been part of our working week. And I just want to see how's that been for you? What have you found and, um, and what have you been learning on along the way? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, in leadership and ministry, you're, you're always making decisions and, and you're always leading teams and leadership and the business, like you know, what you call the business side of ministry, I think it wasn't very great in the '90s in the church. Like the church was kind of unorganized, and maybe leadership wasn't as much of a priority. And so I think we reacted sort of appropriately and went like, "Hey, we need to be more organized, and we need to serve people better, and we need to be better leaders." And but leadership is so easy to package that I think that. And, and sell and have conferences about and all that sort of stuff. I think maybe leadership took too high of a priority in the church and it kind of jumped over discipleship and jumped over a couple of things and became this thing that we, you know, almost idolized for, for some people. And while I'm a, I'm a huge fan of leadership, I mean, we're a leadership church, man. We, we love, you know, growing and leading and loving people, but um, remembering like I'm a pastor before I'm a leader. Uh, I'm a Christian before I'm a leader. I'm a child of God before I'm a leader. And all of those things drive me to prayer. I, I don't ever want to make a decision. And my, my team hears me say this all the time, but like, I don't ever want to make a decision that isn't prayerful and purposeful and prayerful will always trump purposeful. And what I mean by that is like, like whether we're selecting songs or building strategy or whatever it is, I, I'm going to be prayerful about it. And my prayer times, like, I mean, I'm with you. I've been in worship ministry for 21 years this year. And like my worship time or my prayer time always involves worship. I see the two the same, like worship's part of prayer. Prayer's part of worship. You know, yeah. it's just kind of whether or not I'm like singing my prayers or speaking my prayers or whatever, but it's, it's all kind of the same to me. And, you know, that's a, that's a, a, a daily thing for me. Uh, I can't make decisions without being prayerful because a lot of times, you know, the, the data, the information goes like, oh, you should make this decision. But as a leader, you just feel like the spirit or something's like leading you to go this way. And that's where like the prayerful kind of trumps purposeful. A lot of times they line up, but sometimes they don't. And, and I want to be prayerful enough as a leader, worshipful enough as a leader 
that I have enough faith to go. I know that the data, the information, the purpose, the, the pragmatic things say that we should make this decision, but I just really feel like this, you know, like we should lean into this and, and I'm, I'm grateful. I don't, I don't think I could be a leader because leadership involves so much decision-making. I don't think I could be a leader without being prayerful. Like not, I, I don't, I don't see decision-making and leadership apart from prayer. I'm not smart. I think some people are smart enough to make decisions apart from maybe like that. I'm not that smart, dude. It's like, I'm like, Oh God, please help me. I have to make this decision. You know? Um, and so a man, I just think that, that it's so key. It's a daily thing. I, I think for those of us who lead in church, like walking in the, you know, that Thessalonians pray continually kind of mindset, you know, when we're, when we're in leadership situations and meetings or whatever, and, I don't know, man. I can't. I can't separate the two. That prayerful and purposeful, and prayerful trumps purposeful, has been part of my thought process and ministry for, man, years. So I, I just can't divorce the two. Yeah, I wonder what what could we do to start making time for church? You know, what could church leaders, ministry leaders, start to do to sort of start carving out that time in their week that actually this now becomes a an integral part because i'm i'm I, I think i'm so much more awake to this idea that you know I, I used to think maybe oh you know that's for outside of work time and that's that's your personal walk with jesus but actually i'm actually getting more convinced that i think we need to find some more time in our you know if if, if we're able to be on staff then obviously fantastic uh uh but how can we find more time to carve that out in our week where worship is is you know it, mm. it's becoming the uh it's not a luxury it's a an everyday it's part of who we are and it's it's you know the uh catalyst for the ministry that we do yeah i think i think it does start i think it's both and i think it starts pers- personally um because i don't want to make worship a part of my work rhythm if, as a as a pastor if it's not a part of my life rhythm as a child of god you know and so i think it starts personally um, I was just reading in Matthew this morning in Matthew six, where Jesus is saying like, Hey, when you pray, go into your closet, you know, like, like, I think it starts there, you know, it starts in private. Um, we also just kind of, one of our staff values is pray first, pray often. And so we don't, we don't start a meeting in the worship department without prayer. Um, and then we, and sometimes we'll just stop in the middle of a meeting and, and pray. Um, and, uh, we also have on Wednesdays. Yes. On Wednesday, most most campuses, most of our locations on Wednesdays uh, have a prayer time over their lunch hour. So like the campus staff and then they open the doors and people from the church and community will come in and they just pray for the hour every Wednesday. And then uh, our our worship staff, our central worship staff, uh, we worship through the set on Wednesday afternoons for that Sunday with like no time constraints. No, that we just we're just kind of looking for like, God, is there something you want to is there something you want to unfold in the, in the worship set this weekend, well, we need to kind of worship in preparation for the worship this weekend. So like we take the set for Sunday and worship through it around, you know, that meetings at one o'clock on Wednesdays. And so, um, most of the time, and we, uh, worship through that just, just four or five of us and man, God always reveals some really cool things that we need to sit in or pray for or challenge the church on or things we need to sing again. Like, Hey, we're going to sit in that chorus or that bridge or, Oh, we're going to bring in a whole song. We didn't even plan you know, maybe not a whole song, but like a bridge or a chorus of something or a hymn or something. And God always informs uh, us a lot in those worship times. So I think like 
you, you, um, you become what you build rhythms around. Like if you want to be a prayerful church or a prayerful pastor, you'll build those rhythms. If you want to be all the way to like, man, if you want to be in shape or if you want to, you know, have savings financially, like you're going to build rhythms and priorities around those sorts of things. And I think that uh, requires you to like zoom out and look at your calendar and look at those sorts of things and, you know, adopt some values and, and start to rebuild those rhythms. You know, I, I know a lot of leaders have great intentions, but intentions don't get you anywhere. You, you need to look at what you really want to become. What do you want to, what do you want to be known as known for and, uh, and build rhythms around that, you know, and, and that's, that's definitely, I, I don't think we're doing everything right, but I think we've been, um, at least mildly successful at building rhythms around, you know, pray first, pray often, worship, personal worship, worshiping personally being a priority, worshiping as a team off the platform being a priority. You know, uh, I just went to two or three camps. Sometimes I go around and visit our campuses and I, two of our campuses that I visited two weeks ago, I walked in their green room and they just started singing. Like we were in conversation, I was in conversation with somebody and somebody started singing over here. And next thing I know, we're all worshiping in the green room, like right before we walk out on the platform. It wasn't like a, okay, Hey, it's time to, time to worship time to, it was just like naturally sort of like started bubbling up in the room and it was just fantastic. And I think that takes not just me or not just one leader, but like a group of people really focused on, you know, building a culture like that. Um, just seeing it and then building rhythms around it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you say culture, what I am starting to see is there's, there's more, uh, there's these kind of there is this culture of spontaneous worship that's starting to happen. It's seeming mm-hmm. like you know in the the worldwide church, you know, there's I'm looking at bands, you know, the Maverick City of you know have emerged recently, Upper Room and Bethel and and you know great bands like that. Yourselves, obviously, you, you know, doing great things as well. And um, what I'm noticing is this this kind of there's this spontaneous worship that's that's that it is very it's it's new um it's new to the, the 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 broader church especially new to the you know the the wider you know worship industry to use a a, a bad term um yeah. but um but that's that's something that's new that's that's rising up and i just wonder what what do you think god's doing in the church at the moment through that because it's definitely been this significant shift in the last maybe couple of years it seems yeah i think like having a teenage son and just, you know, we have a residency program. We're around a lot of young guys all the time, young girls. Like I, I feel like this generation, like where, where, when we were, we were growing up in the church, the issue was the church wasn't really that relevant to us. Like it wasn't very connected to the culture. Like I was in high school in the mid nineties and um, sounds like we're close to the same age, but like we came out and church felt very traditional and modern worship was a new thing, but like a lot of the, bigger churches, least churches that are the church that I attended wasn't really embracing that very much. And, um, and so we, our generation, you and I tried to solve the issue of church irrelevancy. And in doing so, I think there were seasons that maybe we overproduced and overprogrammed and over, you know, experienced, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I think to the new generation that started to feel a little inauthentic. And so I think the new generation, you know, my kids' generation, early 20s, you know, Gen Zers, maybe feel like the church is a little bit inauthentic at times. And so I think some of these movements are like in an effort to to achieve authenticity, we're just going to like start worshiping and just see where it goes. And that feels really real and unproduced and 
you know, experience driven and un uh, uh, prepared. And I think all that feels very authentic. And I do think that that connects with, you know, generationally, just, just sociologically. I think that's why it connects spiritually. I feel like that, that it's not so much the spontaneity as the space to me. Like, I feel like people are not, we don't have a lot of space in our lives, you know? And so space feels so countercultural. um, we always have our phones. We always have the information. We always have the thing. And so it's when you hit space, it feels so refreshing to us because it's like, oh, just to sit for two minutes and someone just sing a repetitive prayer over and over again. You know, the worship, like you said, you know, the negative term, the worship industry thing, like kind of had to bow down to music industry things. And so songs are four minutes long for Christian radio and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so to have a movement coming out where there's a lot of space in the music and the songs are 10 minutes long and it sort of forces you to slow down and, you know, that sort of thing. I think that is pretty refreshing. I think that's pretty nice. You know, I remember music like that, you know, around the, you know, here in America, the Brownsville revival in Florida and like the nineties, not, I think that was kind of that way. Like there were long songs and long moments. And that was something that the charismatic church in the eighties and nineties, the vineyard movement, stuff like that, you know, they were doing that stuff back then. And then, so it's not like it's never been done before. I think the Vineyard Church was doing that in the 80s, you know, like just space and spontaneity and all that. And I think now we're trying to find, you know, in the, at least in the Sunday morning context of church or the weekend context of like a church service for the whole family, we're trying to find the both and in that. But I, I love what, I love what Maverick is doing and, and uh, you know, what Upper Room and Bethel and, you know, some of these other smaller ministries even are just, exploring space and, you know, opening things up a little bit. I think, I think it's outstanding. And I think it's right for this generation to reconnect to the church uh, through that, that style or, or method of, of worship. You know, I don't, I don't know that one, I don't, I, well, I feel like I kind of know there, there's no like better way to worship. It's just, I think God knows how our, the condition of our souls in the world we live in. And he goes, okay, I, I kind of see, you know, he he ministers to us by being kind enough to reach out to us and provide a way that we can connect with him uh, because he knows the way that we're suffering or the things that we're going through or how distracted we are or how worried we are. And even though worship is all about him, he's kind enough to let us worship in a way that our souls connect with. And so I think that that's something that Bethel and, you know, some of these some of these other churches that are providing that space are really doing well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the price of one coffee per month, so it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.